0: And welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham, and
1: I'm Zach Brown,
0: and it's episode 78. The 9th of November, we're on the like the 10th week of college football. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and I will not belabor the point. Zach, how are you feeling?
1: Feeling good.
0: Yeah, we're Can't about believe
1: to go... college football is almost yeah. over, dude.
0: Yeah, it's Gosh. we're about to be in the home stretch of college football. Is about That's to um, we are in the home stretch of college football. Um, and it's gonna be over before we know it, which is really sad. But college football is not all we have to talk about today. We're going to start, as always, with some three up, three down, some baseball yes, talk. Zach, take it
1: away. So some big MLB news this week. Uh, Craig Council, uh, the manager of the Brewers, or at least former manager of the Brewers was probably the most highly sought after uh, managerial candidate this this offseason. Uh, the Mets, apparently, were were willing to put all the chip, chips on the table to get him. And then out of nowhere, the Cubs swoop in and signed Craig Council as a new manager when David Ross was doing a good job. David Ross had led the team to the playoffs. David Ross, nobody really knows what's going to happen with him. Like Obviously, he's not retaining his job as the manager. Some people are saying they may move him up to assistant GM, put him in the front office but I'm not entirely sure that he wants to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to David Ross, but it it was just, it was a shocking move because the Cubs weren't even really like a team anybody was talking about for Craig Council. But uh, another thing is Craig Council had set out to, in his own words, reset the manager market. He wanted to be the highest paid manager in the MLB, which He's never won a he's never won a playoff series. Right. Yes, he's led the Brewers to three straight postseason appearances, but he's never won a playoff series. So I, I don't I don't think he's worth being the highest paid manager in baseball. But you know, the Cubs, they they got their guy. Again, I think David Ross was doing a good job with what he had, but you know, good on them, I guess, and then uh, the Mets ended up getting somebody else. I don't even know his name. um, he's um, like
0: Carlos Vasquez or something like that, some, yeah, some
1: guys, some staffer
0: that was already on um I think he was already on our I think he was on the Red Sox, um but okay. he's uh he's pretty good from what I've heard, so hopefully he doesn't crash and burn like uh Carlos Beltron did when we signed him a couple <laughs> of years ago.
1: It was over before he even started, yeah, um. But and then, then another thing and just, you know, three at three now, we know there's just three quick things. Number two, Ron Washington uh, being hired as Great. the Angels manager, which good for him. I, I hate to see him leave the Braves um, and I hate to see him go to an abysmal franchise like the Angels. But, um, you know, he's probably only got a couple years left in him. He's in his mid 70s, I think to
0: live or to manage,
1: to manage. He's only, <laughs> only got a couple years left in him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And now that the Angels have let go of Otani, they're probably not bringing Otani back. It's just going to be more of the same in L.A. They're just the ownership there doesn't really care about winning. Uh, They've they've shown that, you know, Ron Washington has been to two World Series as a manager. And I lost both of them. So maybe he can lead this Angels team to prominence. I don't know, but. It's gonna take a lot, and he's taking a really good staff with him. Uh, he's taking our first base coach, Eric Young, with him. So now we oh, have nice. no base coaches. Um, he's also hired Chili Davis as the hitting coach. um he's bringing um, I forget Tory Hunter. He's bringing Tory Hunter on their staff. Uh, he's bringing in a really good staff there, but honestly, i don't I still don't think the angels have the players to really do much, but maybe they can get something out of Mike trout. maybe they can finally make a postseason, make, make a push. I don't know, but good for Ron Washington. Um, yeah, but I mean, I also, like, do you not feel like Otani might, this might be a play at getting Otani to stay? I don't think so. I think Otani's gone. Like I don't 100%. think the Angels are willing to spend the money it's going to take to keep him there. I mean, yeah. And um, and then my third point for three three down is In the same vein, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes have started um, pretty much. I mean, there's there's no team in Major League Baseball that wouldn't want him on their team. Right. Um, But this past season, obviously, he had to be shut down midway through the season. Pitching wise, he can still hit. So don't know if he'll be able to pitch next season. But either even if he can't pitch anymore, he's still a phenomenal hitter. Good enough to spend a lot of money on. And if I had to, if I had to. Gun to my head. If I had to pick a team today that he lands with, I'm picking the Giants. I think they're pushing the hardest for him. Uh, the they're willing Giants. To, they're wow. willing to put. They're they're willing to do anything they can to get him. So if I had to pick today, I think we won't know for several months. We probably won't know till the beginning of the year, uh, closer to spring training time. Yeah. But if I had to pick, I'm picking the Giants right now for Shohei Otani.
0: I mean, I think all signs point towards the big markets too. You look at like a Dodgers. Or a Yankees, unfortunately, they're always going to have traction in these kind of players. Um, the Red Sox, stuff like that. So, I mean, the yeah. Giants obviously made that big play at Aaron Judge last year. We thought they got him yeah. after that misreport. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Um, but so it's going to be interesting. He's going to have – I mean, he's going to be the highest paid player ever. I'd imagine. Probably, right? yeah. I mean, I, I think he should be, right? Yeah. I mean – I don't see any other player better than him. Yeah, it both. I mean, he's obviously not the best. I wouldn't say he's the best pitcher in the MLB, and he's probably not the best hitter. But he's combined. You combine both of them. He's not. He's
1: not number one in either category, but he's top he's five top ten, both. top five, top ten in both. Yeah. So, which equals so you out? Basically, two. get two players in one. Yeah, and you know, so it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. And then another thing, this one, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but there were, there is some rumors, some talks of Juan Soto coming to Atlanta. Uh, I know Ronald Acuna and him are best friends. Ronald Acuna is kind of pushing forward on social media. I don't see it happening. Braves are not, notor- not notoriously big spenders, but, and I honestly don't think that's what we, that's not our number one need right now, but, We'll see what happens if we get Juan Soto. I mean, we'll be even more dangerous on offense, but we got to pitch. I mean, we got to yeah. pitch. We'll, we we got to have frontline starters. Max Freed's probably not going to come back after this year. He's probably going to leave. So we got to target a frontline starter. I think this you time.
0: don't know. You don't know what the future of Soroka is. Like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was look. That was more like a three up, three down with a drop third strike, and he threw it to first, and he didn't get it. So that was a four up. Yeah. Four down. There you go. Four was, up, three down. Four up, three down. There you go. So there you go. Uh, that was good. Um, I uh, I like we kind of mentioned briefly. I like the Mets. Um, I like the Mets higher. Um, for GM, I think a new young fresh face can not GM manager. Whatever you, you know what I mean. Um, can you know revitalize? I mean, we're getting a new GM too. Pretty sure Cohen is gone, but um, no, he's not. Whatever. Um. I'm excited. I feel like the Mets need a new, fresh face in there and not just an old dude um, who gave up on the team halfway through. Um, So I'm excited about... uh, uh, Of course I'm excited about Mets baseball. I'm always excited about Mets baseball until like June. (laughs) Right. Just in time to let you down again. I mean, they made me wait until like freaking September two years ago to let me down. So that was kind of them. But, yeah, whatever. All right, let's get into some NBA study. If you have anything for the NBA, yeah, I mean, we've we, uh, I mean, not a bunch of not a bunch of stuff has happened. The Sixers are the number one seed in the East after trading James Harden. Um, Tyrese Maxey has been really good. Um, Joel Embiid has looked like the uh, MVP of the league again. He's not going to win the MVP again because there's a dude in the West who's playing better, Nikola Jokic. Again, trying to get that third MVP is just the most efficient player. Um, with the Lakers, Anthony Davis, or um, as I like to call him, Data Davis, um, is was hurt again. with a He had a spasm in his groin. And so he uh, missed yesterday's game, left halfway through. Um, I'm going to go a little PG-13. I saw a tweet that said Anthony Davis is out, or Anthony Davis boner out for the rest of the game. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that 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 was a uh, that was funny. Oh my uh, goodness. But uh, again, Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Um Bradley Beal made his debut for the Suns the other night in a loss. Um since we've last talked, Victor Wembanyama went off for 39 points, 10 rebounds and four blocks against the Suns. Um as a rookie, he's just getting more and more comfortable and it's scary um i think i made the the call last week that he was gonna be a top 10 player in the next two or three years in the nba already um the hawks are four and three they won four in a row they just lost. they're playing tonight in mexico city against orlando so uh
1: that's that's fun you think it's Um, gonna be like last year where they literally would win two and lose two and then win two and lose two
0: (laughs) i mean i think the team's better this year because i think jalen johnson has stepped in and now he and he's playing better than John Collins did in getting rid of John Collins I think Trey Young is just missing shots so when he starts making shots we will be even better but we've beaten some really good teams and then the last team I want to talk about is the Minnesota Timberwolves they have beaten the they uh, the the uh, the Nuggets were undefeated and the Timberwolves beat them and then the Celtics were undefeated and the Timberwolves beat them Anthony Edwards has been phenomenal Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal. They're the best defense in the league. Carl Anthony Towns has sucked, has been terrible. And it's just stirring up all these rumors that Towns might be out the door. A guy that was a number one overall pick back in what, 2016, 2017, who who won an NBA governor's poll um, saying that he would be the guy that you would want today, you would pick to start a franchise with three years ago. He's just he's he's failed all expectations in my opinion. He's still a good player, still an all star player, but the skill set that he has, he's been criminally underrated. Or criminally under he's criminally underperformed, and it's it's going to start coming to light because Gobert doesn't look like the problem this year.
1: Yeah, Gobert's been really good. I'm I'm a, a T Wolves fan. Yeah, I are. say fan. I mean, I don't really watch, but from all my uh, fr- from the years that I followed this team. Carl Anthony Towns is soft. And I think I think he's soft and he's lazy. I think he's got the Shaq problem, but not the talent of Shaq. You know, Shaq, I really feel like Shaq could have been the greatest player of all time. And Kobe even told him that he could be the greatest player of all time if he'd stop being lazy and go in, go work out. And he never did. Um, but had he done that, had Shaq stopped being lazy and got himself in shape and top shape, he would have been one of the greatest of all. Time. I think. It's a similar situation with cat, except he's not as good as Shaq. I think yeah. he's lazy and he's soft. Um, the fact that, you know, Jimmy Butler, I know he rubs some people the wrong way, but I think Jimmy Butler was right about cat. I think he's just soft he He doesn't have that dog in him. I, he I, He can't be the leader of a franchise, and I think he'll be a good role player somewhere else. yeah
0: I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. I, for one team, I forgot to mention. The John Morantless Grizzlies, because he's out for the first twenty-five games of the season. After that, to being stupid and flashing a gun on on stream, they're one and seven. So they have not been very good without John Morant this year, um, which they had been in previous um, times. But nine players on their opening day, opening game roster, are injured right now. So they are. How many players do NBA teams even carry? Fifteen, but they carry a G League team. Wow! So they're they're pulling a bunch of G Leaguers right now. It's 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 tough for the uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: Well, that's I mean should stop being stupid. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Is that all you got for the NBA? That's that's all I got. All right, let's talk about the Michigan saga some more. Okay. Every week there's new stuff that's coming out about this whole thing. Um, the latest that I have seen in the last couple of days is the Big Ten uh, had like an emergency meeting. Connor the Stallion. <laughs> no, you have to put two E's because that's how Megan does it. Mm. Connor Where? the Stallion. Oh, the D. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways. Um, they they had an the, the Big Ten, like, I guess, athletic directors or presidents or whatever called for an emergency meeting with Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, and basically are begging him and demanding that he take some action because the NCAA still hasn't hasn't released any accusations of what's going on. The NCAA hasn't said anything has even happened, even though they've been looking into it for the last couple of weeks. They still haven't got anything. But the Big Ten schools are now saying this is unfair. They have a competitive advantage. We need you to do something about this. And so there are some talks that within the next 24 to 48 hours, a possible suspension of Jim Harbaugh could be coming from the Big Ten. Not from the NCAA, from the Big Ten. Um, But as a rebuttal to that, Michigan apparently has what is called the Michigan dossier. Michigan dossier they have a large binder full of things that they have observed other teams doing since 2013 and have been hanging on to it basically like we have dirt on you if you ever try to go after us and so they're releasing all this stuff basically are telling every other big 10 team look if you try to come after us we're bringing the whole ship down with us um they apparently have evidence of rutgers ohio state penn state wisconsin all sharing a pdf of michigan's signs with each other which is along the same lines as what michigan was doing anyway so the saga continues more uh and connor and connor stallions was officially fired um from the michigan staff last friday um so that was that was big news but just give me your thoughts on some 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 of this stuff that's been going on right now.
0: It's 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 pure cinema. It's so it's great. I mean, the game cannot get here fast enough between Ohio State and Michigan. I hate that that's always a twelve o'clock game because I want to see this game at eight o'clock. Yeah, I want to see this game kicked off at night. I don't know where it's at this year. It's in um, Michigan. It's, it's in Ann Arbor. Yeah, in the Big House at night. I want to see that. I'll talk about that. Same scenario coming up later when we talk about the games, um, but I, I'm, enjoy, I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. Um, I mean, Michigan, if they have something like that and can come out against these other teams, I don't think it's going to lessen the blow for them. It's just going to worsen the blow for the whole Big Ten. Yeah, who is coming up on a big TV deal with CBS and Fox? They've um, and the and NBC as well, right? It's the three of those together. Something I'm like sure. that.
1: There's a lot of talks that this whole story is a ploy by ESPN to ruin the Big Ten because they couldn't get their hands on the Big Ten. The Big Ten is Fox's property. It's their biggest because Fox really isn't reporting on this. It's really been all ESPN that's been doing most of the reporting on this. Most of the, you know, accusations are coming from the ESPN side. Again, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you know, you buy into that. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, college football is all about money now, anyway. Um, but also, like, the question arises: Do you think that Michigan, if found guilty, do you think they should be left out of the college football playoff because of this? Even if they go uh, undefeated,
0: it's going to be hard to do that because that's never We've never seen something like that happen in season. Yeah. Um, and I think it would just cause a lot of. I honestly, for one, don't want to see it happen because then whoever wins the championship, it's going to be, oh well, if Michigan was in there, they wouldn't have won. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: it's it's. I, I hope they. Play, I want it to happen next year. If anything, yeah, personally, I, happen personally happen I think
1: the the way one person put it was this: if they did break any rules, apparently the rules that they broke are financial rules, not necessarily bylaws, not necessarily like competitive bylaws. So the Coggerwell Playoff Committee has kind of said, look, this is an NCAA issue. We don't take into account anything that's going on with this. But also, if they are guilty, then, yeah, they should suffer some kind of punishment. But again, they should receive financial punishment because it was a financial rule that they broke, not necessarily a competitive advantage rule that they broke. So, you know, it's it's going to be super interesting to see how this plays out. Um, and what's gonna happen with this Michigan football team. Honestly, like I said, I really think all of this is going to push Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL so he doesn't have to deal with this anymore. Um, because they've just been on his tail for the last couple of years. And there's been a lot of controversy around that program the last several years. You know, you had one of their staffers get arrested for child porn on his computer, then you had another one um, you know. There's been some other stuff that I can't think of right now that's been happening. And so it makes the program look bad. But look, you you even have Michigan state senators and congressmen writing letters to the NCAA that they should not be punished for this because the the rule they broke is so minuscule. So like even if you eliminate this, you're gonna get you're, you're gonna get signs sign stealing from other places. All I have to do is purchase the wide film of each game and I can steal your signs. All I have to do is hire somebody that was on your staff last year and get your signs. Like it it does, it's not going to change anything. So I don't think Michigan should be punished in that regard. If they broke a financial rule, punish them financially. But in terms of keeping them out of the playoff or whatever, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair to be honest.
0: I I mean, I agree. I I, it's I feel like all of the hype and all of the attention that it's gotten for it to just end as a okay, well, you know, there's nothing. It's just going to be a little bit of a letdown. I would almost like almost from a from a fan perspective and from like a inner like. But can we talk about how the Big Ten is just the scandal conference? Yeah, like just all around you. It's Sandusky at Penn State. You Mel have Tucker, N- Nell Tucker, Nasser also at Michigan yes. State. Like they, the are these, they are the scandal conference, and they're just gonna be. I mean, they're just I mean, they're they're getting bigger.
1: Well, and then I sent you that article last week that confirmed what I said on the show last week about
0: that, the Ohio the State. Ryan
1: Day's thing. brother yeah. runs a PI firm and yeah. all of this is linked back to him. And it's and it's it's if you're an Ohio State fan, you should be frustrated because if you lose against Ohio State, it's just a built-in excuse. Oh, well, they were cheating. That's why we lost. No, you got beat because they were better than you. It's not it's not all and that's really I think that's what Ryan Day's trying to do. He's trying to find a built-in excuse for if they lose again, he can say, well they were cheating. So don't Ryan
0: Day Ryan Day's not if they if they lose to Michigan this year, I don't think Ryan Day stays. I,
1: I genuinely don't think he does. I think Ryan Day is another guy that could end up in the NFL. I think, I mean, he's he, he's never lost many games. Yeah, I understand he was quote-unquote born on third base. I agree with some of that. But, I mean, he's not, he, the, the program hasn't gone down since he's taken over. It's kind of no. just stayed the same. They just
0: can't beat Michigan. Yeah. But to Ohio State, that's a big deal. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, that might be bold, and it might not happen. But I genuinely think, like, it, it, especially if they're not competitive
1: against yeah. Michigan, I don't think Ohio State would fire him. I think Ryan Day would say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the NFL because the fan base is going to eat him alive if Ohio State doesn't fire him. So I think he's going to be like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go. I could see him taking the Bears' job. Honestly, I think Ryan Day to the Bears would be super interesting. You Think
0: they're going to fire Eberflus that yes. quickly?
1: Yes, dude, Eberflues is terrible.
0: Well, we'll see.
1: All right, let's talk about some games from last week. Um, first one, can't. Yeah. there were some really good games at the 12 o'clock slot. Yeah. Um, Kansas State, Texas. Texas, I, like a lot of people, saw Texas go up 17 nothing in this game and turned it off and turn, switched to another game. I was like, wow, I thought this game would be closer. They're blowing them out. And then all of a sudden, I hear this game's going to overtime. And I was like, what the heck? How did Kansas State come back in this game and, and get it into overtime? When really, the entire game, their offense really wasn't moving the ball. It was mistakes by Malik Murphy, turnovers from Texas that kept Kansas State in the game. And Kansas State kept fighting throughout it. Um, they, they couldn't pull out an overtime. But maybe and- it's a little concerning for Texas if Quinn Ewers can't come back, that they could slip up here.
0: Kansas State shouldn't have lost the game because they missed a they missed like a 30-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter that allowed Texas to come down and tie it again uh, or to take the lead I, 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 and then and then Kansas State made another one to tie it. At that point you would have forced Texas to probably score a touchdown. And if you kick that field goal, you win at the end. So I mean there's a lot of things and then Kansas State a lot of people were questioning whether like why they went for it on fourth down. I would have went for it, go to the touchdown, win the game. Um, but, you know, it, did, it didn't happen that way, and uh, Texas pulled out a win, but I think it might be Arch Manning time.
1: I don't Austin. think they're going to put him in.
0: I mean, I don't think they will, but I, I'm. there's concerning things from
1: Malik Murphy in that game, like you said. I don't time Malik Murphy. I really thought that he was like, and I think he can still be great. I think he's going right. to transfer out, and he'll still be great somewhere else. But
0: he'll be good yeah. playing for like South Alabama.
1: No, I think I think he'll get it. I think he'll get a power five starting Texas position Tech. somewhere, maybe Texas. a lower level power five team. But
0: Austin College. Eight. Look, A.D. Mitchell is him though. He is eight receptions, one hundred forty nine yards. I'm my, so my, sad that we don't have him anymore, dude. My my fiance who has no idea really about football, she messaged me and said. A.D. Uh, Mitchell is so good.
1: Adonai, Adonai. Mitchell? Whatever. Adonai. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's not listening. Um, hey, Ad Mitchell, we miss you at Georgia. You yeah, know, we miss and you. And I told her he used
0: to be at Georgia and she was shocked. So that was a good little conversation starter. So thank you, Ad Mitchell.
1: All right, let's go to Texas A&M Ole Miss. Um, this game was also a fun one to watch. Uh, Texas A&M, they were in it the whole time. They had a chance to win the game, um, but once again, they blow a close game. Jimbo Fisher has lost, I think, what eight consecutive road games. Eight consecutive Power it's Five road like games. You can't win a Power Five road game. Ole Miss, look, they keep they they. These are gritty wins that they're getting. Normally, Ole Miss loses these kinds of games by three points and not win them by three points. How does how confident does this make you feel going into Georgia Ole Miss this weekend? Is it is it making you a little concerned that that, or does it give you confidence that we're going to blow them out or whatever? Uh, we'll get into what I think about that game later. What but, do you think about this this game, Texas? I mean, it was good. I didn't
0: get to watch a lot of it. I was out golfing with my brother for his birthday, but um, I mean, Jackson Dart made the plays when he had to. quinchon Judkins is really good. Both offenses played well, but like you just said, Jimbo Fisher cannot win close games. And now I will give a little bit of a pass to Texas A&M in general because I think if Connor Wegman was there, I think they would probably have two more wins, two or three more wins. Um, I know they lost to Miami, so that would have been there anyway. Um, that loss would have been there because Wegman was there. But I, yeah. I, I think they might win this game. I think they possibly could beat Alabama with Wegman. And because they looked that good offensively with him in the game, Max Johnson just hasn't panned out to me. And and, I mean, obviously a lot of blame goes on to Jimbo Fisher and he might be out out the door this year at five and four with that kind of the the second year after he brought in the best recruiting class of all time. Um, And then if he goes out the door, it makes you think, hey, are all these other guys going to transfer out?
1: Probably I mean
0: if they get someone they really like, then maybe not. If the, if they
1: get Urban Meyer, they're all staying. Oh, yeah. They're gonna get more people. Yeah. They're gonna get Rara Thomas back. Rara Thomas came from Mississippi State. You always do this. He came from Mississippi State, not Texas it. Bruh,
0: okay, whatever. <laughs> they have like the same freaking color scheme. I
1: know. I know. Notre Dame Clemson. Thank you, Tyler from Spartanburg. That's what every Clemson fan is saying that is... Uh, after that game. Again, another game where Clemson's offense really wasn't shining all that well. It was the turnovers by Sam Hartman that killed them. They had a, they had, they had a pick six. I think actually they had two defensive touchdowns in this game. Uh, Maffa, Shipley was hurt. Maffa took took the reins and ran for 190 yards on this Notre Dame defense. So Clemson, while there's season is pretty much a lost cause at this point in terms of like playing for anything big there's they they still have some fight they could have rolled over and said you know what the season's over the season's done with but give credit to Dabo Sweeney I mean yeah we, he still needs to adapt if he's ever gonna compete again but yeah. credit him for at least rallying the troops on a on a lost cause of a season and still beating a good Notre Dame team
0: yeah I mean you look at film off of 36 carries um, so he, he was very, he was very, uh they, they gave him the ball. So they didn't care that Will Shipley wasn't there. And I think the biggest surprise to me is that Cade Klubnick out didn't mess up Sam Hartman yeah he made less mistakes than Sam Hartman, which if you would have told me that was the case, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, and then, I mean, now we just need to start the discourse of yet another year where Notre Dame has really high expectations and they're going to lose three games. And I understand yeah. they play a tough schedule. If you want to play, they did. You, they played a really if, tough schedule. If this you year. look, if you want to play an easier schedule, join, join a conference. conference. Yeah. <laughs> join a
1: conference, dude.
0: I mean, you played Ohio State. I mean, I look, I give it to them play Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, USC, Pitt, and
1: Clemson consecutive weeks you might as well already be in the acc you have to play five acc games a year you might as well just be in the acc and they play wake forest
0: next week or they play wake forest this week that's a win that's a win and then they play stanford so i mean they're gonna win. they're gonna be a nine win team again but again
1: i don't think notre dame wants nine win teams no they don't but they're it's not going to change because of the academic standards there, the fact they won't join a conference. There's there's a number of reasons why it's not going to change. And look, it, the 12-team playoff is going to benefit Notre Dame. It will. Notre
0: they'll, Dame's going they'll, they'll, to give they'll, they'll themselves a, lot a chance
1: of, every year. There'll be a lot of years where they get in at the 10 to 12 spot. Yep. At two or three losses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let me um, ask you this question. It's a hypothetical. 12-team playoff, if a team like Arizona at three losses, three losses really early in the season, gets hot at the right time and finishes nine and three, does not make the Pac 12 championship, but they're hanging around that 15
1: mark. Do you put them in? If they're the best at large team, yeah. Is it going to go by ranking? It, it's it going to go. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to be. I know the four conference champions get the first round by.
0: Well, gonna there's going to be five bid.
1: conference. Well, those four. No. Because that Pac-12 out. is done, that so there's going four for uh, major conference champions. They're right. they're going to get the body. no matter if they're 12 and 0, eight and four. If they win the conference, they're getting that first round box. They should. Then you get the rest of them are at large bids. I don't know if that means the next eight in the rankings, or if they just decide who the best who the next, teams yeah, are. Who the, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I would imagine they're probably going to include at least one group of five team in every year, probably include the best group of five team in there every season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Arizona goes 9-3, and three, you look at their wins, they're, they're beating good ranked teams. I could see them sitting at 12 at the end of the year and getting the last playoff spot. And check that into my veins, dude.
0: Give me a Arizona playoff run. Like, come on. Yeah, I, can, I, was, I, was, I was just, I can I was just that, That's like a team gets really that's going to be the benefit of a 12 team playoff. Yeah. A team gets really hot, has a really bad start to a season. They're going to get in if you if, if if you I think any team that goes 11 and
1: one in the 12 team playoff is going to be in. Yeah, I think I think that is the that's the good and the bad part of the 12 team playoff. The good part is one loss doesn't ruin your season. The bad part is. Every week is not a must win anymore, which is what makes college football so great. Every yeah. week is basically a must win. Yeah. So I could either it it it's the same thing, but it's there's a positive side to it and a negative side to the same the same result. Yeah. All right, Arkansas, Florida. Uh, people are back on the Billy Napier chain yep. uh, train. Um I think it's delaying the inevitable for Sam Pittman. I think it might have been the worst thing to happen to Arkansas, just delaying the inevitable there. Good win uh, though. In the good swamp. Win. Good win going into the swamp. The swamp's not quite the same when they play at twelve o'clock than when they play at seven, but still it's a it's a it's a big win for them. Don't tell the Big Ten uh, that. Now 12 o'clock games <laughs> got the best atmospheres. Billy Napier. I'll give him credit. he's recruiting his butt off. He's got the number three overall class in the nation for next year right now, but he's got to delegate the play call the offensive play calling He's got to get an offensive coordinator if Florida is ever gonna be um matter of fact, I heard this stat earlier today. No team has ever won a national championship or even competed for one where their head coach was calling plays so
0: thanks, Mark, correct
1: <laughs> so. If, Flo- if, if Florida wants to compete, Billy Napier's going to have to hire an offensive coordinator and stop calling plays. I hate that he's recruiting so well because I liked the Dan Mullen years when they didn't care about recruiting. Um, but they they got the number three class for next year, and I don't like that.
0: Look, but, I was just about to say, if Florida could somehow put Dan Mullen and Billy Napier in a, mas- in a machine and extract the coaching ability of Dan Mullen and the recruiting ability of Billy Napier and merge it into one coach, they'd have Jim McElwain.
1: (laughs) Jim McElwain couldn't coach well, and he couldn't recruit well.
0: (laughs) Obviously. They would have Steve Spurrier.
1: Yeah, I hate Steve Spurrier.
0: Oh, gosh, I hate Steve Spurrier.
1: Anyways, um, let's move on to some other interesting games. Um, Let's see. Air Force. What happened to Air Force, man? Losing by 20 to a two and six army team. Like I didn't watch this game, but it just seemed like air force couldn't do any. Well, I think they actually hit, they, they turned the ball over six times. Air force turned the ball over six times in this game.
0: Army's been, uh, army's been prepping for the war in Israel. So they've just been, you know,
1: been holding back there. Now they're ready. Um, the Missouri, Georgia game. uh, Yeah. This this was a good one. Uh, yeah. A very good game, you know, and you know what? After watching this game, and I think you agree with me, a lot of props to Missouri, a lot of props to Missouri and their fans. Yep have have no disrespect for them. Um, you know, Drinkwitz is doing some some good things there, and I said before the season that Missouri is your team to watch in the SEC. Do not sleep on them; they've proven me right on that they've exceeded my expectations. I'm done picking Kentucky to finish second in the East. I'm never going to do that again. I've done it two years in a row. They always disappoint me. I think Missouri is going to become the team that everybody thought Tennessee was going to be. I think Missouri is going to be the team that's competing for the East every year with us rather than Tennessee. Every year, wow. Because, you know, everybody... Before after last season was like okay Tennessee is going to be that team that's going to compete with Georgia every year for the East which divisions are not going to be there anymore but I think Missouri is going to become the team that we thought Tennessee was going to be I I could see that they're recruiting very well they're they're they're, they remind this this scares me a little bit they remind me a lot of how for years we chased Alabama and always fell just short until we eventually caught them. I see Missouri being that way for us. They're falling. Is that good, though? I don't know. We don't, I don't think we really know just yet. I mean, he's, he's recruiting his butt off. I mean, he's anybody can do well when you recruit well. So, uh, except Jimbo Fisher. That is true. But we'll, I mean, we'll see. And and yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of the narrative that if Luther Burden didn't get hurt, we wouldn't have won the game. he came back he's, in and used her for like three plays. I know. But people were like, he wasn't the same after that. Or we just locked him down. Like it's it, there's a more simple answer to that. There's 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 a there is a um, there's a philosophy called Occam's razor, which means the simplest explanation for something is usually the correct explanation. The simplest explanation is Georgia. Figured him out. Georgia yep. figured out how to lock, but in, in, in doing so, we couldn't lock down Theo Weiss, and Weiss started killing us.
0: It's, he only it's, had it's
1: 90 difficult. yards. Like, really, it's not like he de- I mean, absolutely destroyed us. Dalen Everett, can we bench Dalen Everett? Like, come on, man. Brady Cook, yeah. two fumbled snaps where he just throws the ball up and it catches it on him twice.
0: Dalen Everett has not been good, but we. He probably statistically has been amazing because I thought the exact same thing about Keeley Ringo. I felt like every single time that people threw at Keely Ringo, they would make the catch. He ended up having like one of the best defensive passer ratings in all of college football last year.
1: So Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you only notice their bad stuff. You know yes. you don't notice this, when they lock someone up this on was the, this was the first game that I've even noticed Dalen Everett, which is probably speaks pretty highly of him. If I haven't noticed him up until this point, he's probably had a pretty good year. Julian we, Humphrey oh stepped yeah. up big Julian time. Humphrey, yeah. Um, I think this was the first game where he got like a lot of snaps and he played he played very well. Um, super, super proud of uh, Kamari Lassiter stepping up and covering Bird and all He's gonna first round
0: pick. He did great Lassiter gonna be a first round pick. So I mean and can we talk about our freaking our freaking safeties? Our safeties are so good.
1: Tykey and Javon, baby. And 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 Malachi Starks. Oh, yeah. Starks. Starks,
0: Malachi Starks is a safety. And we've got and we're so deep there. It's just I love that group. I love that group.
1: Where's Dan Jackson been? He hasn't played. I'm so disappointed.
0: Dan Jackson is not gonna play over Tyke Smith
1: and all these other dudes. Yeah, great. He had a lot of playing time last year, and I has no. He was hurt. Yeah. I miss Dan Jackson. I,
0: I like him. I remember yeah. his
1: blocked punt against Arkansas like it was yesterday, and his uh, and his massive block on the pick six inter- pick six return. I don't think that was one. Thing I, I think he just let his <laughs> just there moved. was
0: he wasn't going to get Keel Ringo wasn't going to get tackled anyway. He just yeah. threw himself out there. But good
1: for him. Yeah, the Bedlam game, Oklahoma Bedlam. State. Why are you doing this to me? Don't don't. I'm starting to believe again. I'm starting to believe. Do you know Oklahoma State has the longest active streak of consecutive winning seasons? Mike Gundy is great. Like, go Pokes, man. The the best way to send Big Brother out of the conference. If I was Oklahoma State, I would never schedule them again. Don't ever schedule Oklahoma again, because you now forever have this over their head. Hey, the last time we played, we beat you. You left us out, you left us out to dry, and we beat you. And I don't know what's happened since that Texas game, but Oklahoma has not looked the same. They they don't look like a good, like a good team anymore.
0: Placency. I mean, they thought they were too big for their britches. They had that underdog feeling to them going into the Texas game, and then they beat Texas, and now they kind of felt like they were the big dog. I don't think they're there yet. This is kind of yeah. how I projected Oklahoma to be this year, to be honest. Like a two- or three-loss team, a... Uh, team hovering between like 15 and 20. And I mean, I didn't think their two losses would be Kansas and Oklahoma state, but I mean, I, they're right around where I thought they were. Oklahoma state has has shocked me. Um, who's the, Trent-
1: Oh, Alan Bowman,
0: Alan Bowman from, uh, Texas tech. I'm pretty sure. I think, yeah, I think he was at Texas tech. Um, yeah. and he's been, he's been solid. And then Ollie Gordon obviously is like on everyone's Heisman board right now, now because he's been so good. And the Big 12, let me pull this up real quick before I know we got other things to talk about. Is that the last game we're talking about? Or we got like a couple more. Talk um, about Alabama, LSU, and all that. Um, yeah, we'll talk
1: about Alabama, LSU.
0: just going to look at something real quick, try to, uh, and talk about it because it, it just popped in my head. I know Washington, it, USC. Washington, um, USC. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about that much. There was no defense, and now Grinch is out the door. But,
1: well, um, um, what I want to mention with this game is what happened afterwards with Caleb Williams <laughs> crying on the sidelines. And listen,
0: go paint your nails, sissy. Listen,
1: I would have no problem with that if you hadn't made fun of Max Duggan the year before for doing the same thing. You know, yeah. you, you said LOL to the press conference where Max Duggan. Is cry- I mean, Max Duggan literally put the whole team on his back and carried them to the national championship game. Caleb Williams, while he's very good, has not done that for USC. And he made fun of Max Duggan for showing passion on the field. And then you go and do the same thing and you expect us to sympathize with you after you laughed at somebody for doing the same thing. Caleb Williams every week just shows me if I was an NFL GM, I'm not drafting this kid. I don't I, he he's super talented. Great. I'm not drafting the kid. Yep. He's very self-centered, painting your nails, saying F Utah, and you can't beat Utah. You're 0 3 against him. You make fun of a kid for crying. You try to backtrack and say, that's not what I meant by that tweet. We all know that's what you meant. And then you go and do the same thing losing. You go run to your mom in the stands and you, and you cry. I, and again, I don't have as much of a problem with that. It's more so the fact that you made fun of somebody else doing it. And then you go and do the same thing. Just unacceptable. I, 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 more and more every week, I, I, I like Caleb Williams less and less.
0: He went and got himself a mani petty the next day to make him feel better.
1: And then uh, Alex Grinch, USC finally made a oh. smart move. Finally, did something right. I guess those uh, incriminating photos that Alex Grinch had on uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley doesn't care anymore. Um, so, but do you have any other comments? Yeah, on that yeah, uh,
0: not that game. I was going to talk about the Big Twelve real quick. The standings in the Big Twelve. Um, Iowa. Uh, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are one game out in the big yeah. 12 and two this is teams why the gotta, big
1: 12 is one of my favorite conferences to watch i love big 12 football
0: look you've got texas and oklahoma state at five and one who i think they still have to play each other this year right they still uh, play no. actually next, oklahoma state don't. doesn't play texas okay well and then you've got kansas oklahoma kansas state west virginia and iowa state all at four and two yeah. One loss away. I mean, look at Oklahoma State's remaining schedule. They have to play UCF Houston and BYU. They that, might have three nubs right there. They might be 10 and 2. And then let's look at um real quick. Let's look at uh Texas' remaining schedule. TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. I think that's three wins as well, probably. Um, which why are they playing 7 30 ABC? Texas versus TCU doesn't make any sense but and then let's finally finally i'll go to the next i'll go to the team and then i'll shut up kansas they've got texas tech kansas state and cincinnati left so that kansas kansas state game is going to be huge this year because i mean they've got a they've got to hope for an upset loss for texas or oklahoma state in the next
1: three weeks but i don't i don't know why that game's not during rivalry week, during the final game of the season. That that's a little weird to I me. I think but. Kansas
0: plays someone else rivalry week. Oh, they play Cincinnati rivalry. Yeah.
1: They should be playing Kansas state rivalry week. That's just weird. But
0: huh. anyways, that I just, the big 12 is fascinating this year. So yeah. And Texas tech has kind of, I mean, now they're, they're sitting at three and three now in the conference. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to talk about in the Pac 12 is, Washington State, the yep. fall off—they are five in a row, one in five in the conference. Arizona State is higher than them in the conference.
1: Yep, they lost five but in same, a row. They have
0: the same bad. record as Cal, Arizona, and Colorado.
1: They lost to so, Stanford ten to seven last week. Ten to seven. Is Greg Ward bad? Cameron Ward. Cameron Ward. I think he's a little, I think he was a little overhyped. I mean, he so came he from, did. he came from a FCS school and everybody was like, Oh, Cameron Ward. Yeah. There's a reason why he was in an FCS school. Yep. You know, there's a reason yep. why he played at incarnate word. Okay. I don't even know where that is.
0: Uh, you know what? I'm, <laughs> t- I'm taking a guess. Take a guess where it's at. Name I name. think
1: incarnate word is in Texas. I think
0: I, I agree with you. I'm going to say North Carolina. So I'm going to get a check. I think it's Texas, but for the sake of one of us being wrong, or one of us being, yeah, both of us can be wrong. But Incarnate Word is located in San Antonio, Texas.
1: There you go. Good pull. All All right, let's talk about LSU, Alabama, Alabama, and then we'll get into picks. LSU, Alabama went exactly like I expected it to go. I mean, honestly, you know, first half, it was back and forth. Nobody could stop anybody, really. But then second half, Alabama made the adjustments. And I know Jaden Daniels went out with an injury, but I think LSU like didn't score like two drives before he got hurt.
0: Yeah, it was all off of unforced. It was all on self-inflicted wounds, too. Holding yeah. penalties and personal fouls. LSU's offense did their job against Alabama. Their defense? Make an adjustment.
1: I've tried Neither. to tell you, this is the worst defense in the SEC. LSU has the worst defense in the SEC. I just thought, Maybe I just one thought of the their offense the was going to
0: be better. I just thought their offense was going to be better than their defense. Was I don't
1: know if USC or LSU has a worse defense. I don't know, honestly.
0: I think, in all reality, I think that Washington's offense is better than Alabama's offense. So I would say LSU has a worse defense. But I also feel like the confidence that and the the confidence that everyone now has in Alabama might be a little overhyped still.
1: They, I don't think they, I think they finally did what they should have been doing all season long, letting Jalen Milroe run the football. They yeah, finally have he's done not going to
0: do that to anyone else.
1: He is not going to run like he did. He's not going to run for four touchdowns against anybody else, but he's going to be an effective runner. That's what he does well. He literally like they literally said in the game, he doesn't practice running because he knows how to do that. He only practices passing. he's that he's that naturally gifted at it. He doesn't need to practice running the football. Yeah. So you know, and that, yes, that lSU defense is historically bad, and nobody else is probably going to let up two hundred yards and four rushing touchdowns to a quarterback. But he's still going to be enough to where now you have to think about it. Now you have to start putting Q b spies on him, which leaves one less guy out in coverage. so, it's it, it's it this team like I said, this Alabama team is getting better and better every single week, sure,
0: sure and I agree with them getting better every week, but lSU did nothing at all to make Jalen Milro make the one mistake that he's made in every they game. can't their corners have been their weak I, weak point I, all I year. I know I'm saying that every other team has has thrown looks on the back end that always they're Jalen Milroe throws the exact same interception every single pick that he throws. He sees a crossing pattern, the safety jumps it because he stares down his guys. That's going to happen against a competent defense and it has happened against a competent defense. I think people are forgetting that just a couple weeks ago, Alabama almost lost to a really bad Arkansas team. And they almost lost to a really bad Texas A&M team. So Sure, they've played well in their big games. I don't think Tennessee's very good. I don't think Tennessee's very good. And they beat Tennessee. And I don't think LSU's very good anymore. So yeah. I, I feel like the... But, and, and look, I have this rap. I know. I know everyone thinks I'm this big Alabama hater. And I never have any so anything good to say against about Alabama. They played a good game against LSU. They played a good game against LSU. But consistently throughout the season... They have not played up to the level of what they what 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 everyone's talking to them about. They have a higher FBI percentage to make the College World Playoff than Georgia right now. After a win over LSU, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. And I yes, sure Alabama could go in and beat us because it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. I haven't seen anything personally that tells me that Alabama can beat Georgia on any level of the field right now.
1: Well, I mean, I know you you said that they almost lost to two bad teams, but you could say the same thing about us. We almost lost to a bad Auburn team.
0: Alabama we found a way to win the game. For both of those games that they almost
1: lost. I understand that. we We were losing. We were down for a while against a really bad South Carolina team. We were struggling against um who else was it? I think UAB we struggled yeah. in that game for a while. We won that game by like 50 though. We won all these games by a good margin. I understand that, but you, Alabama would have won those games by the same margin had they not if they had a different style of offense. But because they're a run first team, they can't score 40 or 50 points on you unless you have a really bad defense. So I think Alabama and Georgia are built Pretty similarly, just different styles of offense. But I think defensively, we're pretty comparable. I think I would give Alabama the slight edge defensively, just from what I've seen from both sides this year, from both teams. Uh, not, not to say that Georgia has a bad defense. Of course not. I just think Alabama has a slightly better defense than us this season. down year for Georgia's yeah. defense. But still, I, think we, I, think, I, I think I would probably give the edge to our secondary, maybe. But I think they have a better front seven than we've just
0: got team. a young secondary. They have a yeah. very young. Se- Caleb Downs is a true freshman and yeah. he is like their starter, he's, he's phenomenal. Taron Arnold improved. is really good too. Terrion Arnold's old though. Right. I think he's like yeah. a senior. Um, is Caleb Downs from North Gwinnett?
1: Mill Creek. Mill Creek. Okay. I knew yeah. he was Gwinnett County, but he is good. Mill Creek. He's very good. But he literally said that he's the next Minka Fitzpatrick, that he first day, first day on the team already understood everything was already like a, a Nick Saban was like, he he he's one of those rare guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. That is first day on campus. You can tell he's going to be special. Good for him. That's the kind of player Caleb Downs is. Yep. But let's get into picks for this week. Um, the score as of this week is I've got caught up a little bit. 112 Mitchell's got 91. Cody's got 90. Cody won the week. I think this is first win of the season. Scored fourteen last week. Mitchell got thirteen. I got eight. Such a good week, and I didn't even win. Yeah, it was such a disappointment. Only the second time this season my super dog didn't hit. Virginia Tech got blown out uh, by Lu- by Louisville. I'm tired of betting against Louisville. I'm not doing it anymore. They're um, beating. They're winning right now. That game just started. What's the score? Seven nothing. Oh, all right. First game: Michigan at Penn State, the whiteout game this year. This is the whiteout game is always really fun to watch. I would love to experience a whiteout game at least once in my life. Might not you can, wear be all, you can wear all white if you want to watch it. In your- <laughs> no. Uh, we will be golfing at this time. We'll be almost Probably. done. We're golfing at freaking eight o'clock, dude. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan close in this game. I think it's going to be a lot like the Ohio State game. I think Penn State's going to be able to the defense is good enough to to keep them in the game but i haven't seen anything from penn state's offense that shows me they can that they can score that they can score against elite defenses their offense is so vanilla get drew aller a better offensive coordinator something because the, the drew aller i think could be really special if he was in a better offensive system but this offense is just too uncreative too vanilla give me michigan close because i think penn state's defense can keep them in the game this is a crime this is a crime. It's an, this is a, an 11 a.m.
0: kick. An 11 a.m. Yeah. kick. For, kick
1: so dumb.
0: for the biggest game. One of the biggest games of the year. Whiteout is the biggest game for Penn State every year. They choose the best game, and they wear it all white, and it's supposed to be the pinnacle of Penn State football. It's going to yeah. happen when you can still order McGriddle at McDonald's. Yeah. Th- you can still get a McGriddle at McDonald's and be late for this game. <laughs> that, it, it's, it's a travesty that this is happening. With all that said, I agree with what you were saying about this is going to be very similar to the Ohio State game. I think Michigan learned from the Ohio State game. The last two weeks, their offense has been more explosive. They've uh, they've pushed it down the field. They figured something out late against Ohio State on that late touchdown drive. Penn State wins this game. Close. I'm taking Penn State at home. Drew Aller's going to make the play to win the game. Michigan is going to turn the ball over late in this game. Game-winning field goal from Penn State. I have to take risks like this right now in, in the picks, but I do, in my heart of hearts, feel like this is a winnable game for Penn State.
1: Hey, Josh Pate picked Michigan, uh, picked Penn State to win this game, and he's been right a lot this season. So, yep. um, not a bad pick. And to kind of counter your point about them scoring late in that game against Ohio State, they were playing a no huddle offense and the game was pretty much over. I don't think that really means they figured they out. They've
0: turned it into good offense the last two weeks.
1: They, so. they still are like dead last in explosive plays they 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 score by just methodically driving downfield and you can't do that on Michigan you can't but you know hey it could happen uh Cody is picking Michigan close in this game um, just
0: just to be just to be a little bit fair Penn State's averaging
1: 40 points a game this year yeah but the only good team they've played they couldn't score that's all I'll say about that. The only good team they've played, they, 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 they couldn't score. Uh, Maryland at Nebraska. This is just, I needed another game. Uh, both of these teams kind of in similar spots. They're both sitting at five and four, both coming off of brutal losses. Nebraska, don't know how you lose to Michigan State last week. And then Maryland, I, I, I tried to tell you, this is what Maryland does every single year. They start, start five off and five and, and 0, six and oh, then they lose the last five or six in a row. They can't I didn't pick
0: Maryland to beat Ohio state. I just thought they were
1: going to keep it close, but this is what they do every single season. I, I'm not falling for it anymore. Don't believe in Mike Loxley and that team, uh, but who do you have in this game? I'm going to pick after you.
0: I'm picking the home team. I, I, I think Matt rule is going to win this game and Nebraska is going to be bowl eligible. With their sixth win and the first year under Matt Rule, they're gonna bounce back from a bad loss to Michigan State last week, and then they're gonna beat Maryland. I don't think they win the rest of the year.
1: And then go six it. and seven. Close, comfortable, big. Close. Close. Because this game's gonna be low scoring and ugly. Cody's gonna go Maryland close. I'm gonna go Nebraska close as well. I think let's go. Zach just picked Nebraska. I did just Zach pick, Nebraska. pick Nebraska. I think they're a better coach team. Again, I don't believe in Mike Loxley. I think. Usually, it, it most of the like nine times out of ten, when you see a team that starts off five and zero, six and zero, and then they lose a bunch of games at the end of the year, that tells you that a team is not getting better. They're either staying the same or they're getting worse. That adjustments are not being made across the season. I think Matt Rule is the opposite of that. He's the kind of guy that makes adjustments. He's the guy that improves the team. So I'm going to go with the better coached team in Nebraska. I think Maryland has a better quarterback. I don't like the the Hansberg or Hosberg or however you say his name quarterback for Nebraska, but I think they make enough plays to win this game close. Is that is homeboy from Georgia Tech just benched or is he hurt? Say that one more time. The home homeboy from uh from Georgia Tech. Did they just bench him? Jeff or? Sims got benched after like the second that's, week. That's great. And that's great. That's thing is, I think the new starting quarterback's name is like Hans Harburg or something, Maybe like a, like it. a very German name vans harburg <laughs> all right his name you, is his name is heinrich harburg heinrich harburg heinrich harburg that is awesome he's from kearney nebraska very german
0: name he's um, gotta have a nickname no there's no way like a girl heinrich. calls him heinrich it's like here's my boo heinrich he's so hot go heinrich he has got to be like heinie or something no probably not <laughs>
1: You didn't even think about that before you said it. <laughs> Dang, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is, gosh. They, yeah. Utah wow. at Washington. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. You know, Utah, they bounced back last week and won 55-3 to against Arizona State. Didn't even think they could score that many points. Uh, Big pig farmer. farmer. Big going farmer. Going, in, going into Washington. Now, I don't think that this game is going to be a blowout. I think Utah will be able to – make enough plays. I still think that that team's very physical. Kyle Whittingham's not going to have this team roll over, but I've still got Washington comfortable. I think they maybe win by 10 um, just because honestly, that Washington defense is, I I think Washington is a pretender. Honestly, I think they're going to, I think if they make it to the college football playoff, they're going to get rolled. I think Oregon in a rematch is going to roll Washington because that defense is suspect. Look, I get, they have a great offense, But defense wins championships. Um, I have not been impressed with that defense once this season. Not one time have I been impressed. But I got Washington comfortable in this game.
0: I couldn't disagree with you more about the narrative about Washington. Now, can I see them losing to Oregon again? Or or losing to Oregon when they play again? Yes, we've talked about this. It's hard to beat a team twice, especially a team as good as Oregon. But they're going to win comfortable here. I agree with you. Same thing. Pig farmer is going to is going. Uh, I'm just trying to think of a pun, but he's, he's going to be he's calling gonna,
1: the pigs. He's going to he's going to run around the mud. <laughs> All right, Tennessee at Missouri. This is a this is a big game. The spread right now is only one and a half. Right now, like this. Um, t- this is a must win for Tennessee. Tennessee has to win this game, and we have to lose against Ole Miss for them to have a chance at the SEC East. Um, so. So they have to beat us, yeah, they, be, to have a chance that that yeah. if if they beat Missouri and we lose to Ole Miss, then it's for all the marbles in Knoxville the following week. Um, but um, this is going to be a very interesting game. I think Joe Milton has gotten better as the season has gone on. He's been very consistently inconsistent, though. Um, Missouri has been very consistent all year. Um, they lost in a close one to us. They lost in close fashion to LSU. They had a chance to win that game, I think, um, and I just think they have better pieces. I'm going to pick Missouri close. I think it's yep. going to be a close game because, once again, Tennessee has a lot to play for. They're going to be up for this game with Missouri being at home. I got them winning by a field goal.
0: I, I agree with you. I feel like Missouri is going to win. There's part of me that wants Tennessee to win so that the next that next week's game is bigger. Um, so they're both we're both like top ten. Because um, if they won this game, I'd imagine they'd probably move up a good amount. Um, but I don't think they're going to win. I think Missouri outphysicals them. And there's something about this Tennessee team. I can't put my finger on it. There's something about this Tennessee team that is just not appealing to me. There's something about them that just makes me not really want to pick them and don't think they're very good.
1: Well, they're, and, they're, they're a lot. They're, like, dramatically different than how they were last year. agree. Last year was yeah. big play, big play. They don't get many big plays now. They're a very run-heavy team. That if they if they're not running the football, they're not winning the game. They showed that against Alabama and Florida. If they cannot run the ball, they're not winning the game. I think Missouri is going to have a pretty good run defense on them. Yep, they had a good
0: they 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 had a good run defense against us for, for like three quarters last yep. week, and then fourth quarter we kind of opened them up, which is the the Georgia special. Um, but um,
1: yeah, I think Missouri close. I agree. All right, Cody's actually going to take take Tennessee close in this game, okay. so that's I could see that to Gain some points there. This one is my LOL game of the week, Rutgers at Iowa. Rutgers at Iowa. Rutgers is bowl eligible for the first time in like a decade. And then Iowa playing with a quarterback Deacon Hill who has a a 9 QBR for this season. 9.9, 9. somehow still better than Spencer Petrus. <laughs> yes, yeah, somehow still better than Spencer Petrus. I'm going to go with Greg Shiano and Rutgers close. Give me them yeah. to get a big win on the road. I think the final score of this game is going to be like 10 to 7. It's going to be both of these teams are defense heavy, not really big, big time scores on offense. Gavin Wimsat makes a big play, and Rutgers beats Iowa on the road. I'm a big Gavin Wimsat fan. I, I, I truly believe
0: that Rutgers could have won that game last week. They had they made so, so many mistakes, in, many the mistakes in the second half. But they were moving the football against Ohio State. They were running. They were. They had a beautiful little um, f- uh, fumble ruski. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Give me the fight in Greg Chianos, dude. I, I don't believe in Iowa. I know Iowa has more to play for at this point because they can still freaking win the division and make the Big Ten championship again. Like every other year, yeah. Um, but I think right, uh Oh, never mind. I picked Iowa.
1: Oh, you picked Iowa.
0: I, I, I you can change I your pick. If you believe want that I picked, I can't believe I picked Iowa. But I'm going to go with what I wrote down. You picked Iowa close. Iowa close. Dang it! I'm letting you change your pick. No, you it's want. fine. Deacon Hill. Deacon Hill is going to become Preacher Mountain by the end of the game. Pastor Mountain, Pastor Mountain, Deacon Hill <laughs> turned turn into Pastor Mountain. Oh my gosh! By the end of that game,
1: all right. Hey, no Kirk Ferentz. Did they fire him? No, they fired his son Brian Ferentz, the offense. Brian, that's what I
0: meant. That's what I meant. No, no Brian Ferentz. They're gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> give me Iowa. No Brian Ferentz. They're gonna score seventy. Ah, uh,
1: they don't have any offensive pieces, but Kirk, look, Kirk is a good head coach. But Brian he is Brian's a terrible. Whoever their defensive coordinator is, somebody go grab him. USC, go grab their D coordinator. If you really want a good defense, yeah. All right, uh, Miami at Florida State. This is a while. Miami's had a down year. I'm done believing in Miami. Done believing in this team. But even the even in years where both teams are not good, it's a huge rivalry game. It would, it would make Miami season if they could knock off Florida State here. Um, wh- but who do you have in this game?
0: I've got Florida State winning comfortable. I, I think that Florida State is banged up. They've got a lot of in, in injuries, but I just don't think Miami's very good. Miami is so undisciplined, and Tyler Van Dyke's not very good. So I just, just think that this is going to be one of those games that's close until like midway through the third quarter. They're going to take a 10 point lead and they're going to win him by like 17. Actually, don't win by 17. Win
1: by 16. Tyler Van Dyke might be the greatest scam in college football history. Yep. Like. So much promise, so much hype around him, and he's just flat out not good. He's not a good quarterback. Think over the last three weeks, I think he's thrown nine interceptions and like zero touchdown passes. He's not good. Um Whoever your backup is, I don't care how bad he is. Just play him. Tyler Van Dyke is GTA 6. GTA Like the video game GTA 6? Yep.
0: You always think that he's coming, and he's going to be good. And he just, he doesn't. He just falls on his face. Falls flat on his face.
1: Tyler Van Dyke is GTA 6. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go FSU big. I, I think they win this game more than comfortably again Miami super undisciplined team Cristobal is one of those guys great recruiter don't I don't really believe in him as a head coach uh, I mean he still needs some time it's only year two but still right. I just I don't like what I've seen from this Miami team I don't either um, I'm tired of believing in them I'm not going to anymore and Cody's also agreeing with me Florida State big Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman should be healthy for this game um, but we saw last week how much that offense needs those two guys. They struggled against Pitt. They won the game 24-3, to but they scored a lot of those points late in that game because they didn't have their two main pieces. So that, that Florida could be, State
0: cannot lose.
1: Yeah. If they lose one game, the ACC, I, I don't think they're making it. I don't Agreed. think
0: they're in. Agreed.
1: Because a one-loss
0: Oregon gets an over, obviously they would have to win the Pac-12 championship to be a one-loss team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oregon, I think a one-loss Washington might get in over, but honestly, and I, this is breaking away a little bit, <laughs> I think we're looking at po- there is a possibility we're looking at a double SEC double Big Ten college football playoff. Yeah, that would happen. that would uh, people would be so upset, and in a in a season with so much parity to end up with <laughs> just to go right back to where end we end up with Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah. In the in in that would be
1: they're not putting Alabama in if we beat them in the in the SEC title game. That's why I put they're us at
0: 4. That's why I put us at 4. So that's with us losing. Then we'd play Michigan, beat Michigan, and
1: then beat Pro- Ohio State. Again. We, we probably play Alabama in the last championship game. Oh a repeat. A repeat. Look at that.
0: That's, that would literally be the exact same situation. <laughs> yeah. Who did Alabama beat that year? They beat um Cincinnati that Cincinnati. year. Cincinnati. They beat Cincinnati that year, but Alabama beats us in the SEC championship game. We play Michigan. Beat Michigan. Beat Alabama. I'll take it. I don't want to beat Alabama. I want to beat yeah. Alabama. I want to beat Alabama.
1: All right, Texas State at Coastal. Um, this is just my my one Your random one group random of five, every group week. Of five game. Um, they're, both these teams are six and three. Got a lot to play for in the Sun Belt. Um, both having a pretty good season. TJ Finley having a weirdly good year for Texas Very State. Year. Uh, Grayson McCall. Nobody talks about him anymore. He's still there at Coastal. He's um, still so there. He's still there. He was last year. Everybody's talking about how he's going to be a top draft pick, and nobody talks about him anymore. So the hype's died down. I'm going to pick Texas State close. Not. For, I'm not even really confident in that pick. I just You seem really confident. Just so. just look at some just look at some stats and just going through my method of how I pick games told me to pick Texas State, so I'm picking Texas State.
0: I don't know. You seemed really confident. When you were picking that. So I've got coastal close. I've got coastal close. At home. That's the advantage for me.
1: Um Cody is gonna go with coastal close as well. I mean if we're just going purely based off uniforms, give me coastal. Texas State's got uh, some ugly uniforms, but yeah. I do love me some the Texas brown State. and
0: gold. That's why, hey, do not hate on my on some Texas on the Texas State Bobcats. That's where <laughs> I'm at right now in my revamped head coach Sony
1: Michelle. I've already moved on to my third head coaching spot in Louisville. I
0: don't play enough. I got to play
1: more. All right, Duke at UNC. No, this is not basketball season. This is football season. Um, Both of these teams are kind of sitting in the same spot. UNC had a lot of promise to start with, but we see now their defense is a major liability. As far as I can tell, Riley Leonard should be cleared to play in this game. Um, I'm still going to pick UNC comfortable uh, because I don't think Riley Leonard's going to be 100%. We saw what happened when Riley Leonard played when he wasn't 100%. Wasn't great against Louisville. Um, I think it'll be somewhat low scoring, but I think the UNC offense is going to be a little bit better than the Duke offense, be able to score some more. I think Drake May doesn't want to give up on this season. He wants to improve his draft stock. Give me UNC comfortable in this game.
0: I have nothing more to add. That's my exact analysis of how that game's going to go. I've got UNC comfortable.
1: And um, Cody's going to go UNC big. Good. Here. If Riley Leonard doesn't play, UNC's winning by 30 because their backup that we you saw play is terrible. So then Zeno, last week whatever. they played no, Zeno, their whatever. third string quarterback against Wake Forest. Somehow he was even worse, but they still won the game. He was like five for twenty passing and they still won the game. Elko needs to
0: get out while he can.
1: <laughs> while he's got Riley Leonard, he needs to get out. All right. USC at Oregon. Give me your analysis on this game. Oregon's going to score about 30 more points than USC.
0: I think Oregon's got a defense. We saw what the the glitz and glamour offense does against an Oregon team, and it's lose by like 50. It's going to happen again. Give me Oregon big. Bo Nix, I think, should be – I think he might be the – I think he's the second. In the Heisman right now, behind Michael Penix. I
1: think the winner of the Pac-12 championship game wins Wins the Heisman. Heisman. Agreed. Bo
0: Nix has been, I used to hate Bo Nix with a passion. We used to, we used
1: to dump on that man, dude.
0: He's gotten, he's going to be a first round draft pick. Yeah. He's, he has improved so well. And as long as Oregon doesn't make the Dan Lanning mistake that they make every single time in a big game where they try to go for it in like their own territory on fourth down or go for two, they're gonna win this game and they're gonna keep winning. I could see Oregon in the college football playoff right now. I think we also need next starting next week, I think we need to start giving our, our rankings.
1: Other yeah, our, other than other than Georgia, Oregon is the team I have the most confidence in right now. I think
0: they're other than so the good. most
1: complete team in college football. They're so good. Um, I'm going to take Oregon big, you know, I think, I think this is the week Caleb Williams kind of throws in the towel. I think he's going to play, but I think you're going to see not maximum effort from him. The defense loss defensive coordinator, which I saw a video of during the Washington game, Alex Grinch, like tried, like called timeout and tried to like gather his defense. Like nobody was listening to him. Not a single person was listening to anything he said when he was like, "Hey, let's let's do a break." Nobody did it. Like that defense, obviously there was a lot of problems there. They know they're not they, very they good. good. They, they knew that they weren't good, or they knew at least their coaching wasn't very good. But yeah, I just don't think their defense is is good. Uh, I think I think Dan Landing's going to make a statement. They 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 saw how Washington won by ten last week. You don't think Dan Lanning wants to win by more than 10 this week. I think he, of does. he does. Of course he, he wants does. To, he wants to make a statement. He wants his quarterback to win the Heisman. He's going to do whatever he can. I think he's going to be pedal to the metal. Honestly, I would not be the least bit shocked if Oregon scores 60 in this game. Not Ooh. the least bit.
0: 60. 60. A big number. But, I mean, they've scored 56. Like, cons- did then they score, like, Eighty week one, they scored like eighty one. Yeah, they
1: at scored in state or something. They played, like yeah, they played at FCS school and won like eighty eight to nothing or something. Yeah. All right, game of the week. First time Georgia's been game of the week this year. Or Miss at Georgia, our first SEC night game in a while. Well, actually, no, I think we had one earlier this year, but this is actually like a legit night game. This is good for Georgia fans because if at the beginning of the year, season ticket holders were probably like, "Dude, this schedule, this home schedule is terrible. We're not gonna have any good games here this year." But now Ole Miss, good team, finally have a good home game to go to. The last two weeks, I'm gonna go Georgia close. I don't think we win this game comfortable. I think they're gonna be able to score on us a little bit. Jackson Dart's gonna give us some trouble with his legs. We've we've shown. We have a little bit of trouble with running quarterbacks. Jackson Dart's going to make some plays. But I think, we make, I think we may even be losing at halftime. We make the halftime adjustments. and We win this game close at home. And I think the Brock Bowers rumors, I think, is all a strategy to get Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss to prepare for him to play. But he will not play unless we're losing late in the game.
0: Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more. Under the lights, Sanford Stadium, it's what we've been waiting for all year. It's what this team has been waiting for all year. They're hearing all the yapping every week. We can't seem to gain the, we can't seem to be the favorite, like to beat anyone by a lot anymore by anyone. I hear on all these numerous podcasts and shows that is not the same Georgia. This is going to be a Kentucky like statement. We did the same thing to Kentucky so. under the lights. It's going to be a Kentucky-like statement. And look, the only game this year where Ole Miss has played a top-15 defense, they did not look good. These are the kind of games that Lane Kiffin loses, and I don't think it's close. I think it. I, I think that we're up. I don't think it's going to be another slow start game. I think we're up fourteen to fourteen to three after one, and we never. Are we are never winning by less than 10 the game the rest of the game? I've got I Georgia so. big, I've got Georgia winning this game 40 45 to 21 because Georgia cannot help but let up 20 or 21 points this year. And like, yeah, are you understand that? Yeah, Have you do you know the scores of Georgia games this year? Yeah, there's been like Genuinely six teams that have scored 20 and
1: 21 points on us. Yeah. But I, no one scored more. The, my main concern with this game, and, and I, I'm, I'm very confident that, that we will win this game. My main concern is Ole Miss is number seven in the country in sacks and quarterback pressures. Carson Beck last week, while again, I love Carson Beck, and I, he's, he's my quarterback. I think he's phenomenal. But when he was put under pressure last week, he didn't look great. Now he never panicked, which is what I think won us the game. The fact that even though he wasn't having his best game, he wasn't going to panic. He he kept his poise. He kept that's what concerns me a little bit is the sack rate. And our offensive line played poorly for about three quarters last week. Did not play well for the first three quarters of that game. That I'm just a little concerned about the uh, the the Ole Miss pass rush this week.
0: I will I will go against that. We're getting Armarius Mims back this week. He's been cleared for two weeks and hasn't played. He's gonna play this week, though. I genuinely think he's gonna play this week.
1: Well, look, and also, like I said, Brian. I just dollars-
0: thought the funniest thing that I've ever that that just happened on this Louisville game. Louisville wide receiver wide open on the left left side, makes a great catch. He is completely out of bounds the whole time. No one's around him. He's running out of bounds. <laughs> Makes the catch, starts running, and then he's like,
1: "Why'd you stop the play?" <laughs> so that's funny.
0: As I had to. I, I glanced over and saw that and laughed.
1: Cody's going to take Georgia close. Um, so that's those picks for this week. Now let's go to our okay. super dog, yeah. and then we'll wrap this up. We are long this week, C- Cody. Oh, we usually don't go over an hour and a half. That's true. Uh, Cody's going to go Georgia Tech, surprise, surprise, to cover. Uh, which I think, I think I think this is a great pick. I, I actually he initially told pick. us he initially told us he wasn't going to take this game and then I was going to take it, and then he changed his mind. So Georgia Tech covers uh, the 14 and a half against Clemson. And Cody's gonna go to Death Valley this week for this. That game, is so that's awesome. That'll be a great experience. Give me your Superdog this week.
0: I, I'm Look, um, I'm sticking with my cash cow from last week. I'm going to pick North Texas to cover the 17 points versus SMU on Friday night. So we've got a Friday night one for me. I think North 10, Texas 17. covers. They have a good offense. 17. 17. Yeah, they, okay. there has not been a... I mean, they haven't been a good team at all. But SMU doesn't have a very good defense, and North Texas has a very competent offense. Give me the Mean Green to cover. Hey, against
1: SMU. I picked North Texas to cover uh, earlier this year, and it and they they hit, so, so it's not a bad pick. I'm going with the JT Daniels led Rice Owls to cover. I picked Rice last UTSA. week. Rice covered for me last week. Yes, my boy JT, Give me baby Rice to cover against the Roadrunners. The Roadrunners. Are two and seven against the spread this year. Rice is seven and two against the spread this season. Give me JT Daniels and those owls and that really smart grad school down there in Texas to cover against the Roadrunners this week. A 14 point spread.
0: I like it. We're both sticking in the Conference USA, baby. Come on. Yes, sir. Go Conference USA. Let's go, America.
1: I think America? no rice is in the American.
0: Rice, rice and is in the UTS- American?
1: Rice and UTSA both are in the American now. Huh. They changed conferences. This game is wild. I think New North Texas is also in the American as well, and SMU. Oh, because it's in the new.
0: American. It's new. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. You're right. That was the worst fake field goal I've ever seen. Louisville just <laughs> tried to pull off. Louisville is just playing
1: with her food right now. Is it still seven nothing? Still seven nothing. Halfway through the second. Hey, give uh, Tony Elliott some credit. They haven't won very many games this year, but they haven't been blown out a lot this year either. Keeping themselves in games sure, with a really sure bad roster. If that's if that's your silver lining hey, for a
0: team like that, I guess it
1: is. Bobby Bowden used to say this: when you're when you're rebuilding a program, first you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big all you gotta do that's beautifully said that's beautifully said by Bobby Bobby B alright all right. that's the show this week
0: yes yes sir um, we appreciate y'all listening we appreciate y'all supporting um, it's gonna be a great week of college football we're gonna be on a little bachelor trip um, on Friday night and Saturday morning then I'm going to Morgan Wall on Saturday night so I'm not even gonna get to watch the Georgia Ole Miss game but I'm gonna know exactly what's happening the whole time because I'm gonna be tapped in and we will be here, same time, same place, next week. We love y'all. Peace. You Say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Official Review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected. Ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also if you just want to check Apple podcast and Spotify podcast Thursday morning at 8am for every single episode of the official review. Thank you. And we love you. Peace.